All right. I literally just drooled coffee down the front of the What's going on? This is RC Heli Nation version 2.0. I'm Justin, and you are listening to episode 222. What's up, dudes? Who do I have with me tonight? I am here. You are there. Check. Here. So I, I got a Nick. Present. I got a Jesse. Dan, are you there? Dan. See, brap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, yeah. No, Dan. Dan did not uh, have an opportunity to join us tonight, but that's okay. He's uh, taking a little bit of personal time off, I think. Uh, but I expect we'll see him back next week. But in the mm-hmm. meantime, I do have Nick and Jesse, and we are hanging out tonight, the three of us, and talking some heli shit what we do so so what have you guys been up to this week jesse i want to hear you first dude yes because yeah. I, I got a feeling like you're gonna be able to really make our day here i'm hoping so man it's been a awesome awesome week as far as helicopters go we got some flying we got some wait a minute wait you flew yeah heck yeah i flew like so like i mentioned last week the weather was supposed to break last Saturday, and it did. Go figure. It finally did not rain all weekend for once. Nice. It was amazing. Um, and that also means I got a chance to maiden the Protos. Oh, which dude. Ah, had been yeah. a long time coming. Oh, jeez. I mean, you can blame it on whatever you want, but it had been a long time coming. It doesn't <laughs> make every, a difference now. Everything. It's yeah. been flown. It has been flown. Um, so tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me now. Tell you what? I mean, what do you want to hear? It flew. Come on. Everything. No, no, no. It, an, an uneventful maiden, which I will always take and is always welcomed. Um, actually, there was one one thing. The motor was spinning the wrong way. Gosh. And my good buddy Nick wasn't out the field with his handy dandy little uh, programmer for the hobby wing. Why didn't you check that on the bench? Uh, we were... It, it just it didn't get checked. I remember we were gonna check it when I was over at your place, Nick, and it's yep. it just it just didn't happen. Just didn't get checked. So, anyways, I quickly just swapped two motor bullets. Not a big deal. And so the maiden was overall very very uneventful. I spent the first you know three four flights just well first off just getting used to <laughs> flying again. Oh my god, how <laughs> long it had been. And then well you know like. The kind of the rule of thumb is like, okay, if if you haven't flown in a while and you're going to fly, don't make any drastic setting changes to your heli because you're probably just not yourself. You're not like used to flying yet. Well, what do you Mm -hmm. do when it's a brand new heli that you need to tune? (laughs) 
And Redo. So, yeah. You just so. start all over and pretend like you're a new guy. Exactly. So no, it was good. Tune in the first three to four flights. It was a little bit windy, uh, so I didn't get a chance to do like the the hover trim and all that type of stuff to get it just like perfect level pirouetting um, and all that stuff. But I was able to get um, everything else really dialed in. And I got to say, guys, I was extremely, extremely impressed. Um, with just how quiet the hell he was, how responsive, very locked in. Um, it flew extremely well. Um, I did end up, you know, and I, I kind of just, we had, we had mentioned this few months back on the show where, you know, if you really just take a step back and treat your head speed and your pitch, just like any other setting, you know, and you tweak them and change them to get the heli to feel and fly how you want. Um, I, th- I really think you can get stuff dialed in quicker and get that feel that you want and not fight the tuning quite so much. So, so you're saying like, don't go off of numbers and what you think that you want. Yeah. Go so I mean, just how I, it feels. I just threw in, I think I started at 13 degrees of pitch and then, uh, well, I guess with using the hobby wing gov, you don't really know head speeds, right? You just set, you do the 50% uh, kind of calibration um, spool up on the ground and then you just go off percentages, um, the ESC the V bar output Are you percentages using to the, the ESC. Head speed app? Yeah, so I mean you can get really close, but then with the RPM output you can see exactly what your head speed is on the V bar. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, and so, but you also don't really saying, need to know. I was just saying no. to start, I just kind of threw, you know, like seventy five or eighty gotcha. percent in there. I gotcha, I gotcha. And yeah. then looked down at the RPM just to, you know, see where I was at. So I ended up right at about twenty one twenty on the head. And like I mentioned on the pitch, I started around 13 degrees and I think I only went up like one or two points on the V bar. So I'm guessing, you know, still right in there. So 21, 20 and about 13 degrees of pitch is where um, I kind of ended up. Dude, that's hauling ass. Uh, Yes and no. I mean, I flew the N7 at 2080 and or sorry the yeah the the e7 e7 i was gonna say you're flying your n7 at almost 2100 1950 1950 (laughs) um so you know flying the e7 at 2080 Mm -hmm. this is and i hate to say it i have actually have not had a chance to uh actually throw it on the scale and see what my oh come on you say that every week i want to dude i don't have the scale here it's i don't have a scale here to weigh that. I have like a little gram scale, so I just got to go you, borrow it from my parents. Why can't you stand on your bathroom scale with the heli and then put That's the heli down? Not don't have a bathroom scale Mr. either, dude. Engineer, it's close enough, dude. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. I want grams. This is science. Grams. This is science. <laughs> this is science. <laughs> and no, I'm I'm sure. So, just from what people are saying and the research I'm done, I'm guessing I'm probably right around like 13 or just a shade yeah. under. So, um, okay. The question, cause we, we had talked about this. We were all, we thought we knew what you were going to say. Mm-hmm. Are seven tens coming? Yes. Seven tens okay. are coming. Would it be acceptable? So right now I have those, the rail blades, uh, six ninety sixes, which just inherently aren't a very aggressive style blade. I've always said uh -uh. that. Um, And so now you add in the extra weight. Bumping up the head speed definitely does help, but... I I bet you you really don't like the rails on there. Yeah, I mean, it it flies really... It flies really well. It doesn't bobble. It's locked in, but yeah, it definitely... 
I mean, just the, the disc loading's too soft. High. There's yeah, there's no other way to yeah. no other way. No, to no, put that's it. fine. See, I usually have mine loaded so light that like that style of tip is freaking perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I like, it. but I could see that on a heavier heli, I probably really wouldn't like it. Yeah, and I definitely added in some of some of the pitch boost in the V bar. But okay, um, I, so, why why do I feel like I had an impression the damn thing was light? Thirteen pounds, yeah. For and it's a seven hundred. Yep. What size packs? Five thousands. Let's uh, let's wait. I'm I'm let's guessing. Wait I know you're guessing, weighed. and I think that might be part of your problem too. Is five thousands, dude? Jesse, forty five hundreds are the new five thousands, dude. No, they're not. No, they're the new fly for thirty, forty yeah. seconds less, fifty seconds less. No. Yeah. Coming from a guy who thinks it's a great performance if it's three minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, ain't nothing wrong with being fast. (laughs) You may want to get a second opinion. Not what she says. Some bitch gets in there and gets out of there with some force. (laughs) (laughs) No, I. Uh, I mean, you can save. I think 120 grams by going to the lighter frames. Which will definitely be in my future. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, I'm I'm guessing I'm right at thirteen. Um, yeah. Uh, it's you know, hey, so what? It's a seven ten bird. I mean, big deal. You've yeah, seven got- seven ten, and then you know what's even cooler is I highly doubt that stretch kit is going to add all that much more weight. And if you want to mess around with seven fifties, there you go. And yeah. so it's. You're not adding in a bunch more weight to get to those larger Dude, sizes. Dude, if you either. fly it on 750s, it's going to be game over. You're going to be think so. so? That's it, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you, and that's, that's the way to go. At hmm. 750s at 1950 is oh, just. Get out of here, dude. 1950 at on 750s is a freaking rocket ship. It's awesome. <laughs> that's what I think I that's, mean, the, that's the point he's getting at. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. It is absolutely incredible. Not going to say it's the greatest on the 12S5000. Yeah, I was going to say, Ooh. uh-uh. It's a pack tester, but it is, it's a pack it is eater. so awesome to fly, though. Oh, my gosh. It's just, it's, yeah. It's hard to explain. You really have to try it to appreciate it. Yeah. No, I, I definitely see... You know, with getting the 160 amp speed controller now, I definitely think that that is in my future to at least mess around with at some point. Um, so yeah, overall, I'm really excited to get some, you know, 710, a little bit longer blades on there. But I was extremely happy with the way it flew uh, last weekend. So you do any autos, dude? Couple autos. Yeah, yeah. How's it? Not, how's it doing? Didn't notice a huge uh, difference there. Um, you know, used to autoing down the the belted helis, so basically just a little bit of extra extra weight from probably what you know from what the seven HV was or the Chronos. Yep. Um, so yeah, not not a big deal there, not a big difference at all. Nice. Um, not, Hard no, to tell. No too. crazy autos. Well, yeah, yeah, that's where. But you got to work up think. to it. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just you know, typical auto. Everything seemed good. And so that brings me up to today. And this was one of those weeks where, you know, you're looking at the weather going, man, it's going to be nice again all week, and then it's going to start raining on Friday and rain through the whole freaking weekend. And so I wasn't going to have any of that. 
So talked to my boss yesterday. Basically just said, taking a personal day tomorrow. <laughs> and she was totally fine with it. And so I took today off work and got out to the field again. Oh, God, Can you guys man. believe that? Two times in one week. And we I both mean, cursed you. That's all right. I, At lunchtime, I walked phase out me. on my way to grab some food. I looked at the sky, perfectly blue and, and the sunny, temperature. 65 out, yep. and I sent Nick a text. <laughs> and I said, fuck this weather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. Yeah, and what was my reply? Yeah, that's right. What did, what did you say? I said, no, fuck this job. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was able to get today off, went out to the field again, and this time out at the field, it was a little bit of a uh, of a roller coaster, I'm not, not going to lie. So, got in three to four flights on the pro, I was just going back to back, Protos N7, Protos N7, just you know, one to one, just banging them out. So, I got in about six flights, so three on each, and then all of a sudden there must have been a little switch that was flipped or something. I'm not sure what happened. The the clouds or something aligned. And it first started off with, I went to go unplug the Protos. And the N7 was sitting um, right on the edge of the pop-up table that I'd brought out to the field. And I knocked it off the table right onto the top of my flight box, the oh. orange toolbox that I have. Now, the canopy wasn't on it, and I actually think that was better than it going all the way to the ground. Um, and it landed on the side with the pipe. No dents or dings in the pipe, so everything was good there. And I actually didn't notice any damage at first, and then I went and I looked up at the blades and noticed up by the root on the trailing edge of the blade, there was a decent-sized little chunk missing out of the blade. Yeah. So, Which is when I sent you guys a text. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was a fairly good-sized yeah. chunk for a drop. There was some, yeah. there was some foam showing there. <laughs> yeah, there's there is some there's definitely a good piece of carbon fiber missing. So I, you know, super glued that all up, pulled the blade off, super glued it on both sides just to kind of fill it in and capture all those fibers that had come loose on the ends there. Not a huge deal. The blade you know, mostly cosmetic. I definitely still consider that blade flyable. Will I probably try to put a new set on there? Yeah, probably soon and throw, you know, throw that one in the spares spares box and it'll come out night flying at a fun fly or who knows something like that yeah and so definitely still flyable not the end of the world so while the while the super glue is drying i grab the protos you know plug it all in walk out there and head up there to do another flight and i you know take the helicopter off bring it into a hover go side in and then i go to do like a really aggressive you know a couple feet off the ground really aggressive aileron roll to just kind of go right into the flight and push the heli away from myself well, as soon as I crack the aileron, the motor just shuts off on the oh. uh, on the Protos. <laughs> now, not a huge deal. I get it flipped over, you know, get it flipped over, bring it down, lands on the skids. No harm done. Nothing. You know. Okay, fine. But why did it do that? So go grab the heli, bring it back to the bench and look. And there's a solid red LED on this on the Hobbywing speed controller. Oh, dude, so I, he blew up your speed controller. <laughs> <laughs> so I bring, I, you know, I go back to the manual, look in the manual, and it's an overcurrent protection. And so I'm like, huh, that is really weird. Like, there's no reason that th- that should have, 
you know, it was right at the start of the flight. That's just odd to me. So I'm like, okay, let's, you know, I'll, I'll take it easy and I'm going to try this thing again and see what happens. So unplug it, plug it back in. Everything powers up fine. Get the initial um, beeps from the speed controller. Perfect. Looks like good to go. Bring the helicopter back out, spool it up, take it off and, you know, just start flying it around. Every, everything seems perfectly flying. So as the flight progresses, I start flying harder and harder and harder. And about three and a half minutes into the flight, the motor dies again. And I'm, I don't remember exactly what I was doing, but so going across the field inverted and the motor dies, I get the heli flipped over. And what happens next? All the power dies to everything because retarded me has not set up a backup system yet. And as soon as the power died to everything, I knew exactly what had happened. Any guesses? Any guesses? What? Anyone? Uh, did you you melt an EC5? Unsoldered a flipping EC5 connector. Dude, you're done. I have no no pity for you. You're done, buddy. They are done. done. Go back to Nitro. It's over. They are done. How many of you you desoldered? Desoldered. Three. What, what? Hold on. Okay, stop for a sec. Let's dissect this a bit. You are oh, going hold across on. the field. The story inverted. gets better. Okay. All right. Let's. Oh, well, okay. So <laughs> okay. let's finish. So okay, before we go into like the damage and all that type of stuff, get this. So the last night I'm working on. You know, I have found some time out in the garage. I'm like, sweet. Don't have to work tomorrow. I'm going to be up late and work on some stuff out in the garage. And so I pulled out the OptiGuard out of the uh, out of the drawer. And went, you know, I should really throw this on there. Uh, you know, great idea. And my plan was to put that on there. Just hadn't gotten to it yet. So I actually, you know, cut the heat shrink off and pull the lipo off. Because the, the OptiPower, the lipo that came with it, you know, year and however old now. And the cells were way out of whack. And I'm like, eh, this isn't, you know, should probably get a new lipo for it. And I was actually contemplating putting one of those 2S 850 milliamp packs yeah, there you on go. there. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. But overall, I decided, eh, you know, I think I'm just going to order another 450 milliamp pack um, to go, you know, it'll fit, be the same size as the board. And that was the original size that was on there. Keep the weight down a little bit. And so I never ended up putting it on there. It is literally sitting on my bench right now. <laughs> you just I was need to buy an R2 about, and be done. I do. I need to buy, well, either another battery or an R2. But yeah, just go R2, man. What's okay? What's what's the price on one of those? I don't know. They're forty bucks. Forty, 40 bucks or oh, something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then you don't have to worry about it. Mine is exactly the same is as it? it was a year ago. Was, yeah, I'll have to look at how much. What what's the weight on one of those on the bigger one? Super light. They're dude. light. They're ju- they like take up a lot. Grams. They're just volume wise. Yeah, but like thirty grams. I okay. think. Yeah, really light. Gotcha. So, anyways, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's literally on my bench. I was thinking about putting it on and just was like, eh, that battery's a little too big for it. Not going to do it. So, it's what I get. It's what I get. And the uh, damage overall was not too bad. It got the canopy. It just crushed the canopy from the bottom. Um, a couple links and the blades. Okay, so can we and go the- back to what exactly happened here? Yes. You were flying inverted across the field. Yeah, I was coming out of a loop or do I was doing something. I don't Okay. Yeah. Were you applying a lot of collective? 
No, not at that exact moment. Okay. I mean, Jesse, I'm sure it had been building throughout the flight. We, we need to do a workshop on how to solder. I don't think it's a soldering issue. I absolutely think it's a soldering issue. I don't know. I've been talking to a couple people now who also who, suck ass at soldering. Potentially. <laughs> potentially. I don't know. I, I have no idea. I'm not convinced it's a soldering issue. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe that'll be my first um, little Nick video. Uh, yeah. Is how to not suck ass at soldering. <laughs> I think it's a good idea because I, I mean, don't get me wrong. You won't catch me putting EC5s on any of mine. But I say that after flying for years and years and years and years and years without ever desoldering one. I mean, I flew them on the, the 750. Dude, without. I flew the Goblin Speed for the first part of the review on 12S with EC5s. With the basket-style ones? Yeah. Absolutely. Could it, I won't buy the other shitty ones. I don't like those. No, the ones that are just solid, I like the more solid. actual, like, as expensive as gold mm-hmm. EC5s from E-Flight. Yeah, either E-Flight brand or low C brand. Yeah, see, these are Hobby King EC5s, and they're probably due to be swapped out anyways, just with how many cycles they have on them. So I don't know. I mean, that's why you desoldered them, because they're probably like scrap tin. I'm not ruling out the soldering. Krylon spray on gold. Plasti dip gold. Yeah, if you if you're convinced it's not your soldering, then you probably have crappy it, connectors. But it the definitely, real flight definitely won't could do that. be. It definitely could be. But the last time this happened, I mean, put on a brand new soldering tip, all you know, new solder, new. I don't know. It, it just doesn't feel right to me when the solder joints look so clean when I'm done. Um, it could easily be the cheap connectors then. So. That that's what well, I'm that going sucks, for. Sucks, dude. And so, not horrible so, on the damage, but now you're going to switch them all out. To now what? they're all going to get switched out. I'm not to sure. What? I'm not sure yet. I will make a decision this weekend. RC Pro Plus, dude. I don't have four hundred dollars to go drop it. Dude, oh. you you are a working professional. You can afford it. Negative. That doesn't mean I should buy it. cheap. Buy twice. Hey, I bought cheap. No, yours aren't cheap. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, they yeah, are. They are. And I, I actually don't think I can find those anymore. I've already been looking. USA Warehouse. I just bought some yesterday. Oh, really? I yeah, hey, couldn't. don't support the the drone forest burning turkey flamethrower thing. <laughs> They're the only. I don't know where else to get these. To get the XT one fifties, I really don't. <laughs> so there, all right. Suck well, it, there you go. Back. Yeah. So that that was it. And actually, the the blades, it's kind of funny. So the rail six ninety sixes that were on the Protos, it's almost the same exact thing as what happened to the N seven when it fell off the bench. So it's just on the trailing edge. Probably do a little super glue, put a new set of 710s on there, and throw them in a spare box. Poxy. Poxy. Yeah. It, 
Do some, yeah, do some epoxy. Little epoxy, and then you can sand it down nice and smooth. Yeah. Yep. That gives them character. So then they'll go in the parts bin. But, but yeah, I'll be ordering some stuff. Cool. We'll be back. Well, it's all right. We'll be- <laughs> it's okay, though. I'm I'm actually totally fine with it. I kept flying the nitro for a little bit. Did like four more flights on the nitro. Still got in 10 flights today. Great day at the field. And yeah, just feeling good. Feeling good about flying. It was fun. Nice, dude. With electric helicopters and high capacity success like those being so popular, the need for a high power and reliable charging setup is ever increasing. Luckily, this is what the guys over at Progressive RC specialize in. Whether you want to buy all the parts and build a charging setup yourself, or you want to have them build it for you, Progressive RC is the right shop for the job. They carry everything from chargers, power supplies, and of course, all the accessories you need to make a pretty awesome charging setup. Check them out now at ProgressiveRC.com. All right, Nick. I did not fly. Uh, I did not. I know. Well, I took off last weekend, went on a little road trip. Oh, that's right. Adventure. Yeah, I, went, I thought went you down brought the, the 380 Coast. with you, though. I did. However, I pretty much got skunked. Um, it was either raining or super windy. Pretty much, I would say, the whole time. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple times where I'm like, yeah, I think I'm this is going to be awesome. When I get to where I need to go, I'm going to pull over and fly, and then like three seconds later, just start downpouring. It's like, ah, screw it. I finally kind of gave up. It was a little bit of a skunk trip altogether, even from a photography aspect. I mean, I got some decent shots out of it that I'm happy with, but yeah, no flying. And I was thinking I would have all this time to like get all caught up on all this stuff because, you know, the whole weekend and the whole week, to myself, I don't even know where it went. I mean, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it just piled and the stuff has just continued to pile up. It's like every day I'm getting home and just endlessly working on projects trying to get all caught up. But yeah, not the case. So I don't really even think, um, man, I don't, I don't think I bought anything. Ah, uh, no, I take that back. I did. I got those connectors and a couple other little small tidbits, uh, but mostly hopefully getting ready to fly this weekend. Oh, I'm going out on Saturday. You didn't like, even have anything to work on this week? I don't have anything like to work on. Like, it's all I'm done. I'm at that point. It is. It's all done. So now I'm at the point where I'm on my, I'm kind of on starting my second round of pre-spring buying you know how you make <laughs> well no i'm serious i mean you make your list over winter oh, right? yeah. it's like here's what i here's what i want to do well i do mine in two levels i do mine in here's what i want to do as a kind of a minimum to get everything reflying so on my list is i want to go through each model you know completely go through them and then any of the small like let's say, upgrades that they, I believe they, air quotes, need, you know? Um, 
So I got that all done. Both 700s are up flying again. Everything's all up flying. 380s all upgraded because that was on the list of, you know, what in my mind needs. So now I'm back at that like second round of stuff, which is, you know, okay, I have a UI sensor on the 570 and one 700. Ideally, I would like one on the other 700. And I think I'm even going to put one on the 380. And then I need to get one for the 500 as well. So UI sensors all around. Oh, I need to decide. I know. And that's a chunk. Like, Yeah, that's not cheap, dude. No, it's not. And then I have to kind of make the decision, which I want to, but again, it's really expensive. Do I want to get the battery ID readers? Now, you know? okay, I... Explain to me again, what does the battery ID reader do? I understand it's cool, but what is the practical value there? And I'm being honest. The, no, and I will tell you, it is, it is, remember we talked about the bump, the bump charger? Yes. You know, we went down that, like, what's the best way to compare yep. it? In my honest opinion, and they'll probably get mad at me for saying this, it's far less than that. It is the only difference of... When you when you plug in your model and you have this the UI sensor set up on your screen, um, it brings up a little screen right when you plug in your model that asks you which battery is in it, and you pick your battery off the list. Okay. If you have the battery reader, you don't have to do that. But why do I even care about telling it what battery I have? Oh, because it we're go- no no no. Oh, dude, no, we're talking, it tracks, it cycles, logs it all logs your cycles, of, Oh, yeah. telemetry. Okay, okay, yep, 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 I get that, yeah, so I get that. Going into this year, dude, absolutely, I'm going to be logging the shit out of some shit. And so I really want to do all of this stuff. So it does add a level of functionality, but, you know, maybe what I really, I think to be fair, I need to buy one. You know, so that I can physically, I've never even seen one in person. I never tried to put one on my model. I don't know if they fit on my model well. I don't know if they're convenient. You know what I mean? I'm kind of, I feel like I'm kind of getting to that point where it's like, I'm adding a lot of air quotes doodads. Yep. And I like to try it out. Yeah. And I like my stuff pretty simple. You know, like if I drive one in, I don't like all of these. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of past that. Remember, Justin, you remember the Nickisms? How when you always got a heli from Nick, you ha- it had Nickisms. Yep. I'm kind of over that. Like, you know, like switching to the Hobby Wing 160. That one of my favorite thing about it is the simplicity. You mount it on the front, and I've got two wires going out of the back of it up to my flybarless system, and I've got everything that I need right there. Right. So. You know, adding the UI sensor um, because, unfortunately, we don't have, like, J-Log capability. It's just kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm really torn on it. Like, I love everything else. And it has everything that I have added to it, I've been happy. It's just, again, it's another chunk. I mean, now you're talking about, I don't, Jesse, you know what they are, retail? Mm-mm. I, I'm not sure don't. either. I I want to say that you're, I mean, between a UI and a battery reader, you're potentially looking at like 170 bucks or something, 160 bucks. What? Per model? Yeah. 
Hold on, let's yeah, see. That, 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 that sounds, sounds a yeah, that high. sounds high. I thought I was gonna say like a hundred. No, not for both. I know not for both. Okay. We're looking right here. Okay, so here we go. Battery ID, seventy bucks. UI sensor, ninety nine. Per helicopter. Per helicopter. I don't even know how to respond to that. It's steep. That's offensive. Uh, I don't mind telling you that I believe that it is too expensive. That's my opinion, maybe, and I'll probably get in trouble for it. Well, maybe, I don't know. I, I definitely think so for the ID reader, but the UI sensor offers a lot. Okay. In my opinion. Yeah. Do you mind because if you, I give you, you a, basically, a comparison? No, Jesse, you get no. ready to oh, get yeah. squashed because no, I, I, I know he's right. Okay, because the Jetty UI sensor is like thirty-five to forty bucks. Yeah, and you can buy a, you can buy for those uh, multi homos out there. You can buy a like an autopilot for twenty-five bucks, I think. Yep, or thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, you're paying for the name. I mean, there's no now. I, I agree with Jesse. There's no question that what you're getting out of it is freaking. I mean, the functionality is. Well, just the point rad. is the point is that that is um, that's what you sign up for because, as you said, you can't use other telemetry with V control. So that's right. if that's what you want, then you got to pay the price. And yeah, there's and no I've, doubt in my mind. I mean, if I was flying V control, I would suck it up and get the UI sensors because of how useful they are. That's not they just are a worth cool it. thing. That's no, they a necessary actually, I mean, they thing. gain me a lot. They yeah. gain me flight time. They gain me battery safety. I mean, they, there's yep. a lot to be gained out of this. I, and again, I want to put this out there. I have not had the battery ID personally. So maybe I will go ahead and buy one, you know, just so I can say, because I don't want to talk smack, you know, if it's if it adds more that maybe I'm unaware of, so I'll probably get one. If that's all that it does, I probably won't. That will be above my personal budget, you know, or or uh, m- kind of like my ROI, so to say. I'm already so ridiculously spoiled with, you know, I don't. I never pick models when I turn them on. You know, the auto model recognition, the whole UI sensor. I'm getting to the point where it's like, really, dude. I mean. If I did get them, it would be 100% automated. Right. Yeah. Which would be awesome, but it's not that big of a deal to avoid. So, yeah, I'll probably snag one. But anyway, getting back to it, yeah, I'm kind of on that second round of, of purchases, you know, where I'm adding all of the wants to my existing models. And I'm trying to, I'm having a really hard time with that because, you know, the Nitro is on the horizon, as everyone knows. So I've got a set of servos in there. I'm taking those uh, those brand new BK cordless ones that I had in the DT, taking those, and those are going to go in my Nitro. I still need to buy a motor and a pipe. So I'm looking at that expense. Um, I don't have another Neo sitting around, so I need to pick up one of those. I think I've got about got everything else for it. Um, you know, but then I keep like hearing Jesse talk about, you know, even just joking about the the 750. 
makes me go, God, I would be so You want easy one, to... dude. <laughs> well, what's, what makes it hard is that it's so easy to swap, to freaking swap one I of my are, 700s I already over offered to mine to you. If you want to take the 770 and play with it for a bit, then you are welcome to do so. Mm-hmm. No, because I need... I want you to get out and fly 3D more. I, this and year. I'm going to with my nitro. Yeah, that's right? fair. So that's why yeah, I that's offered fair. that. Yeah, that is fair. I might. I just might do that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really even maiden the nitro yet. So, you know, we got to take it one step at a time here. I mean, you know, just, be, yeah, just no, being realistic. True. that. <laughs> You know what would be kind of fun is I could put a, I could put a real off-brand fly barless system on it too and fly it off the Futaba just for fun. Yeah, I mean you'll have the the three digi, which by the way we're gonna do next week. Nice. For anyone that's Good. listening, mm. that means like, I should yeah. get it next week to put on my Henslet. Yep. We were gonna do it tonight, but scheduling, and then I've got to take off at some point to go run and get my family from the airport. So it was just feeling rushed, and I really don't want to rush that one. I want to be able to do that one justice because it's a freaking rad little unit. So, all right, enough for me and my no-fly. Okay. By this time next week, there will be extensive amounts of of flying. On the sim. No. <laughs> because I'm looking at the weather this Dude, weekend. I don't give a cherry no way i i don't mess around dude because i it's not okay insert first world not problems i'll go out there and sit in the rain with the doors up on the trailer and oh screw uh, you what uh, you know what i did last time i actually stood under one of the flip-up doors while it was raining and oh get out of we all know crashing sucks But the only thing worse than crashing is missing something during the repair and watching it pile right back in. Well, guess what? The greatness that is the Soco Heli tool can save you time and from making a costly mistake during your diagnostic process. Simply slap on the Soco Heli tool after a crash and you can check your main shaft, spindle shaft, servo horn teeth, and servo gears without even removing the head from the heli. That simple five-minute check can save you hundreds and hundreds of dollars and get you more stick time in the long run. So remember, if you want your equipment to be reliable, then you have to be a good heli mechanic. And if you want to be a good heli mechanic, you have to have good tools. Soko Heli Tools. Because quality and precision is worth it. Get your Soko Heli Tools at www.socohelitools.com. We were all really excited about this week. And Jesse even pinged us like early in the week. Hey, guys, I'm thinking Friday or Saturday is going to be nice. What do you guys think about like meeting up either in Bellingham or in Snohomish? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, dude, I was, oh. I was on Friday's it. Friday's off. It, I had yeah, well. Friday off anyway. Now, with the way work still continues to go, I'll probably have to do something tomorrow. But I was ready to just have an eye problem. And... Yep. As we get further on in the week, it's like, oh, checking the checking the forecast. Friday's like 40% chance of rain. Okay, well, it says it's going to be in the afternoon. No biggie. We can still make it happen. And then Wednesday rolls around, and it's like 60% chance. 
And then today, as I was leaving uh, my office to go and grab some lunch and lamenting the fact that Nick and I were stuck at work and Jesse was flying, although now that I hear how bad Jesse's flying day went, I do feel I somewhat bad about it. that. Didn't have to work. You're right. Yeah. Uh, um, I look at the weather and it's 80% chance of rain tomorrow. So I'm like, screw this, man. You know, it's it is absolutely freaking typical. Now Yeah, but it's still twenty percent chance awesome. That's right. And I, I'm okay with that. So I will still try to take the opportunity to get out if I can. Although down here, Nick, Saturday is looking much better. Not Sunday at all, but definitely Saturday. Oh, okay. So we'll see. I I mean, obviously I took a no fly. I have not flown. Oh, man, it's been a few weeks at this point, which is incredibly freaking painful. The sim thing just hasn't even been working out for me because I've been so bummed about, you know, between the weather and work, you just lose that motivation. And so I've just been filling my time with side projects. Okay. Um, One is, as you just mentioned, you're done with the three digi going to do that review next week, and that's going to be a 3D-specific review. Mm -hmm. And so as we discussed early on, the plan would then be to give it to me, and I would put it on one of the speed models and do a speed heli-specific review, see how it flies, how it tunes. So uh, after some thinking, I decided I'm going to put it on the TDR-1. And uh, so I spent a little bit of time this week getting that all ready, you know, taking the taking the um, head out and checking bearings and checking dampers and stuff like that. You know, we've talked about the fact that, you know, before the the TDR, even though it's it is a timeless model and design, it's built with stuff that was considered hardcore back in 2009. Right. So, you know, smaller bearings, uh, smaller shafts, stuff like that. So, you know, the stuff wears quicker. I figured I'd get a nice clean clean go at it with the three digi so my plan on that is actually going to be since it's been so long since i've flown it i'm going to go and get some flights in on the bd which is on there right now the 3x make sure Mm -hmm. i've got some good baseline good baseline speeds make sure you know go back through the tuning again to make sure that i've got it nailed as close as i can get it for for my style and then uh, I feel like I can do a much better comparison when I do get the three digi on there. I think that's a awesome yeah. plan. And I mean, awesome plan. I am really, really looking forward to it. Uh, I I would love to uh, tweak around with a fly barless system right now, while BD uh, slowly brings out our new system. <laughs> I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying that too. So Nick, both you and I are going to get our wrists slapped this week. <laughs> Free agents. Yeah. And <laughs> so the other projects that I've been messing around with have been uh, more nerd style projects. Uh, the discharger continues. Now I, I'm going to talk about that and I'm actually going to unveil to the world a little bit of detail here because I can't handle the number of emails and texts I'm getting anymore. Uh, But before I do that, um, I've messed around with some additional stuff. As I told you guys before, I had the prototype, and that's the one that I've been using. And that was the original basis for the tech tip. And as I started to get back into writing the tech tip, 
uh, and I mentioned last week, I wanted to add some additional stuff to it. Why? Because it's my design and I know how to use it, but I get nervous about handing that to someone else and then them frying themselves or burning their house down. Right. And fire, fire, fire. So who am I talking about? Nick. What? Because I'm building this one for you, and I don't want you to burn your nice house down oh, after you just now. spent a house worth of money getting it remodeled. I ain't scared. So what I've been doing, and you got a little bit of a teaser of this, is I've been finalizing, and I had the prototype before, but I was just kind of messing around, beating around the bush. I've been finalizing the uh, the safety system. So it is now fully automated such that it will shut itself off when it reaches storage voltage. I thought you were going to say when it reaches fire. When it reaches fire. <laughs> yeah, so so let me sensor. let me be explicit about how I do that. I take a thermocouple and I stick it on the outside of the battery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey man, I and mean I that's set legit, the temperature right? threshold to fucking hot. And when it gets fucking hot it turns itself off. No. Thank so you. actually what it does is that it is it senses voltage. It has nothing to do with temperature. Uh, and it's an automated safety shutdown on storage voltage. So it will never discharge below uh, 3.8 to 3.85. Uh, and so that's that's actually kind of nice uh, because now you can plug it in and walk away. Um, and if I can finalize this last bit of the circuit, Nick, it'll even beep at you when it's done discharging, which is also kind of nice. Um, and it will also display the current voltage on the pack. Nice. So and then the final thing is it's going to be modular. So I'm only going to give you about 10 amps worth of discharge power, because if you want more, you got to pay me for it. But. If you want to go to 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 amps, you just snap shit together. Oh, now we're talking. Yeah. Very nice. So um, this, of course, is all built off of the very fundamental base discharger circuit, which disclaimer nerd talk incoming. But I got to get this out there for the people that want to play with it before my tech tip. Um, the other disclaimer is if what I'm about to say doesn't make any sense to you, it's probably a safe bet that you should wait for the tech tip. Okay. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I'm on Google right Go now. I'm ready to go. Okay. Yeah. So here's the concept. Um, I make use of what is called a, uh, a switching regulator. Okay. And the particular switching regulator that I'm using is the venerable and ubiquitous LM317. Okay. It is a small uh, plastic package, probably about the size of a dime with three pins on it. And it's got the little flange at the top where you can bolt it down to a heat sink. Okay. It's called a TO220 package for those people who are skilled in the electrical arts. Um, the trick with this guy, first of all, it's a really awesome voltage regulator if that's what you want to use it for. But more importantly, if you short the adjust pin to the output pin and then you place your battery positive across the input pin and your battery negative across the shorted adjust and output pins, 
with a 0.1 microfarad cap across the plus and minus in front of this LM317, then you put it into a current limited mode and it operates at the voltage of the pack and maximum output current for that voltage. And what that means is it is able to draw uh, up to an amp or an amp and a half of current per chip, depending on what your pack voltage is. And it dissipates that current at the voltage across the terminals, which is your pack terminal voltage. Long story short, you get between 20 and 25 watts of dissipation per LM317. And you can use other chips as well. There's a 338 that's higher current. There are a couple of others out there. Um, When you now add additional chips in parallel with the first one, you take the amount of current and or dissipation per chip and you multiply it by the number of chips. And now you've got a means to discharge your pack at elevated currents. And so for a 6S pack at about 25 volts, depending on temperature, you get a discharge current of about an amp, maybe a little bit more than an amp per chip. So you take 10 chips, you multiply it by one amp, you've got 10 amps of discharge current. And uh, the nice thing about the chips is that they have an internal temperature safety system on them which will shut them down if they exceed the maximum operating temperature that they're designed for uh so that Mm -hmm. that little detail of a circuit is it that's the kernel for the discharger okay you can do that right now and plug it in with the appropriate gauge wire and good soldering skills and have a discharger that works that you have to pay attention to and that you don't have indi- any indication of voltage on. And from there, you now have to build the, the different stages that I'm going to give you guys in the tech tip. Why is it dangerous? Because we're talking about 10 amps. That's a lot of current, right? And when we're dissipating 25 watts in something the size of a dime, yeah. it gets really hot. Okay, fans are not optional. So if you Mm -hmm. don't zap yourself to death, then you may just burn the skin off of your body. Hey, at least it'll turn off because it's got a temperature shutdown. Well, yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. But the temperature shutdown, Jesse, is like 150 C. Oh, geez. Okay, so you'll you'll have lost some fingerprints by that point. (laughs) So anyway, um, that is for the hardcore advanced listeners that have been giving me a hard time. I apologize. That that should be enough detail for you guys to figure it out. And if you're really motivated, you can probably come up with your own means to control it. But uh, I am going to do all of that for you guys in the tech tip. And Nick, you will get the first one. Woohoo! Yeah. I'm excited about this one, not only because I feel like it's almost done, but I feel like, you know what, Nick, this may be the next uh, power supply mod tech tip in terms of popularity, because the number of people that have given me a hard time, I got my team manager sending me weekly texts, my BD team manager, he sent me this Sunday, Danny. Weekly te- uh, weekly discharger reminder, smiley face. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how bad I am. I feel horrible, but we will get there. You should. Yeah. <laughs> Making us all wait. Jeez. Yeah, so that's that's about all I got. Cool. Awesome, man. Shall we go into some news? I think we should do news. All right. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com. Okay, so what do we got going on here for news? Um, we've got the world's smallest nitro heli. You guys see this? I did, yes. The Global Eagle 480N. Interesting. It's going to be available at www.buddyrc.com. Uh, there's a video that uh, Antonio's put up of JC Zanko yeah, flying yeah. this thing. Interesting. Each hmm. machine is set up and flown at the factory. Uh, so it comes carbon- with like the engine and everything in it? I guess so, yeah. Carbon reinforced plastic. Uh, making it very lightweight while maintaining rigidity and strength, and you can get up to 30 minutes of flight time. Oh, my God, <laughs> dude. You know, I, I didn't get the 30 minutes when I was looking at it, but what I did get that I thought was really funny is that the head of the engine, it's in the same position as, you know, like a typical nitro, but it doesn't yeah. have a fan shroud. No. Mm-mm. It must run really cool. It's funny. I mean, you set it up like when he's got the picture sitting up next to the transmitter. It's like the heli's the size of a transmitter. And the pipe looks like a little black hot dog. <laughs> so, looks awesome. uh, We call this pipe a little smoky. That, little smoky. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of, dude. Hell yes. <laughs> Tell me it's not kind of it, cool, though. It looks awesome. I think it is really cool. I, I mean, I... I'm oh, maybe I will have a small heli by the end of the year. I'm skeptical for one reason. <laughs> what? Because um, I feel like when you get into the realm of this sort of thing, right, where you combine something small with nitro or, I mean, any of the weird novel concepts, is it really just a novelty? Oh, absolutely. Or do you see your, does anyone see themselves using this on a regular basis? N- no. No, but it, this is a this is a pull it out at the field and let everyone giggle and laugh and marvel at it. You know, it, he's flying this and I'm watching and it's I mean, you can tell JC's been flying nitro since the beginning of time and he's definitely a collective management artist. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. he is. And I can tell by watching this that a uh, I don't know what flywireless system it has on it, but I can actually see it not correctly tuned, which I'm not going to blame that on him. I'm just saying I notice it. And I also, you can tell that he is, uh, you know, he's being artful with the collection. Yeah, I, I don't see him laying down the smack. <laughs> no, there is there is a lack of smack in this <laughs> video, is. yes. So, but that doesn't mean it still can't be really cool. You know, I mean... I hope that they get to the point where they maybe offer it without, you know, maybe just like, give me a motor, give me the airframe, and let me put my own servos in it, 
and then I want my own fly barless system on there. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know how. Huh. I don't know how it comes yet, but I think that it's going to be fun to follow up on. Depending on price, I feel like it could be an option. I I think it'd be a really good conversation starter, and you know, cheap entertainment factor for sure. And the flight Maybe time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll fall asleep. Thirty minutes. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So moving on down the list, uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, Castle has announced uh, what they call the telemetry link. Now, this is for, uh, first one that's up is for Futaba. So you can plug this straight into your Castle ESC, and then it uh, shakes hands with the S-Bus 2 um, in the Futaba radios, and you can transfer your data from your speed controller back to the transmitter. Now, I did hear one rumor. I cannot confirm this, yay or nay. So if you guys know this for sure, uh, put a post up in Helifreak or something like that and let us know. But I have this bad feeling they don't show milliamps consumed. It's not a rumor. Go look at the webpage. Uh, they even have so the means data point, to do it. Battery voltage, battery current... Motor power output, RPM, BEC, voltage, ESC, temperature, and battery ripple. Mm. They don't. They don't have means to do they it. They do. It's battery yeah, do. current. Yeah, they know. They current. just have to integrate it in time. You know, and th- you fail. I, I'm with you, Jesse. I there don't even go. feel like I need to be all that soft <laughs> about this one. WTF? Yeah, I just don't think. Uh, you know, here's my. Here's my. Uh, here's my rant for a minute. I actually really like Castle Speed Controllers once they quit lighting on fire. They went through a horrible phase, and they they put effort into fixing them. Mm-hmm. They are, in my opinion, a good speed and, controller for the money. And they did fix it. And I, they did. Yeah. And they did, absolutely. I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of flights um, on the ones, you know, post-fire era. They have logging. They've always had great logging. I mean, that that a lot of us have used for serious data points for, again, for many years. But I feel like this is a, you know what I feel like? I feel like this is a case of what happens to a lot of these companies. And, and I'm going to get just flamed for this one. So bring it because I'm calling it out. <laughs> they get popular back in the day and then some planker there and i use that term generically some (laughs) old dudes in charge who doesn't fly who isn't involved in the hobbies anymore who's just a executive in a suit or whatever and they get out of touch with what people actually want and then this is the kind of crap that happens you know the one the the Talon 120. There's a great example. You put a BEC in a 120, and you took away the data logging. Are you morons? Yes. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? That was a potentially great idea. I mean, great idea for the Talon 120. And you took away something that is now. In 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 our hobby now, almost a mandatory thing. 
for your speed controller to get popular, you took it away. And I, I feel like they're just not in touch with the helicopter side of the hobby at all. Because this, this is one right here. I mean, I'm with you sorry. completely. Yep. Big, big fail. It's, it's, yeah. And, and maybe that's me being selfish. Maybe we are such a small aspect of their entire sales that it's not a priority. But sorry. I mean, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> It's a priority to me. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's my priority. So yeah. At mm-hmm. any rate, it's there. I don't know if they'll update or not. Who knows? I don't know if that's a possibility. If it is, I hope they hear this and I hope they change it because after sending us some hate mail, I expect to get that. Oh, we'll get that regardless. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, so it looks like the Jetty, this is just a side note we have here, the the Jetty REX receivers, um, they have had some issues with those with the Spartan Fly Barless system integration, but I want to let everyone know that Angelos is working on that right now and will be very soon uh, fixed and implemented. Yeah, they so- actually, I think they've identified the little incompatibility and they're already rewriting the firmware. I think they released a beta firmware uh, uh-huh. for the receiver update. Um, and then I think Angelo Angelos also released a, a similarly compatible Spartan update. And then the final will be coming soon. So they, they I mean, yep, we had a challenge, but they're working it and it's coming together quickly. That's one thing that that I have just been so impressed with with Spartan and, and you know Angelos is how quickly he is updating. I mean, just it's just constant. He's you know he's listening, he's making changes. I really like how involved he is staying. You know, it's not like a year between updates. Yep. So yep. Good good job over there on that count. Uh, I got another one here. Justin, I'll let you do that one. Let me get these others out of the way. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, JR has a has this radio out called the Colt Signature Series, and this is a total retro radio. Uh, dude, do you guys see this? This is awesome yeah, looking. Dude. It's freaking it's cool. like a It's like a box-o radio. <laughs> Uh, they went way back with the look, like back to the original super boxy ones, but it's got features. It's got a little cover that goes over the screen so it doesn't look too modern. Uh, you know, got a couple switches up at the top and some trim knobs and stuff. And, and it is 2.4. And it's got the like frosted powder coat paint yeah. on there, like the <laughs> old school grippy frosted paint. Yeah. Dude, I think it's super cool. I agree. I mean, dude. I really do. I'm pretty impressed. It's just a six channel, so I think it's, you know, I think it's, per- how cool would it be to walk out to the flight line with this radio and, like, a Raptor 30? I mean, I, I think that's what it just screams. So if there's someone, you know, that's got an older radio that's dying or maybe a an older fella. Wait, 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 you- wait, wait, Nick. Before you provide the recommendation that I sense is coming out of your mouth... Please guess the price. I'm looking at that right now. <laughs> oh, true. Just about fell over. 
oh, right in the main shaft. Yeah, that one. That's uh, <laughs> right in the tail shaft, too, man. I, oh. I mean. <laughs> the same time. <laughs> you just. <laughs> mm. Wow. Yeah, you just bent my main shaft yep. and speared me with a tail shaft. Uh, $8.99 yeah, there you for go. a six channel. How about I pay you a fifth of that? And um, you can throw in a couple of receivers and shit. <laughs> or I could buy a DI6, DX6i and paint it blue. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord, that's a lot of money. Wow. Okay. So for, well, for the price of just one V control or a Jetty DS14 or you can a get- Spectrum DX18. You can or get a f- one or two, <laughs> two Futaba oh. 14 SGs. Are you done? Are, I'm trying to think of this. Like, you could just go on and or on. Or 17 high tech Aurora 9s. <laughs> <laughs> you can get one sixteenth the features. Yep. Or in a cool blue or one metal gimbal case. off of a Futaba 18MZ. <laughs> one gimbal. No, it'll be a, a it'll be a switch cover. Oh, yeah, you're right. a switch, you're right. switch nut. Futaba 18MZ switch nut. Wow. Oh jeez. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jr., for providing you us tried. With the inter- <laughs> entertainment we needed to get through this week. Okay, so where was I? Um, they also unfortunately have announced that the NEX 550 is now at its, as right here, end of life. They have stopped production of the NEX E6 550 series when all the stock is sold out. So, However. But, that's right. There is a rainbow at the end of this. That is because... They are working on the Forza 550. Which I think could be pretty badass, dude. Because if they follow in the footsteps of the Forza 700, which is a really cool model. It is. This could be a a nice 550. Now, they do have to, they're going to have to do the same sort of pricing as the the 700, but they could really nail it. With the spares, though. What's that? Oh, the parts pricing is. Is it? <laughs> yeah, they they really came in great with the kit, but they uh, snuck on up the old back door. Yeah, with they the parts they hook you with the kit, and then yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, I think that's cool. It's good to see them still trucking along in the heli world and pushing forward. So, Justin, we had one more on here for you. Yes. Okay. So. Uh, well, let's see here. Since we were talking about radios anyway, we might as well bring up the new Jetty that has been released. Now, okay, it's not new as in like the DC or the DS24 with the colored screen, but anyone who's followed Jetty um, over the last couple of years knows that they like to offer, you know, some kind of custom options out there for people that want something a little different. And so what they've done is they've taken a DS14, which is the, you know, sort of the basic uh, no frills model, and they've Mm -hmm. spiced it up a bit by putting it in a sort of a hot yellow case with a carbon faceplate. 
and they've loaded it specifically with heli features. So it comes with um, only the smooth left throttle stick. Uh, they also have a momentary button installed, which a lot of people use for fly barless bailouts nowadays, uh, myself included. Um, and then they have all of the different heli specific firmware upgrades. So uh, additional flight modes, additional gyro and governor settings, uh, a new transmitter aluminum case, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, and it is called the Diablo edition. Uh, and it is, let's see, suggested retail price is $9.99. So again, cool. it's, it's uh, you know, does it get you more than if you were to just buy a standard DS-14 and upgrade it yourself? No, but on the other hand, you can't get a standard basic DS-14 in colors and with carbon fiber. So it's it's kind of along the same lines as like Burt's BK edition. It's just another option out there for people who want something a bit different. Well, I think we're wrapping up. No news. more news, Jesse. No more news. No more news. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com for superior quality web and mobile development and design with a 100% money-back guarantee that's always on schedule and budget. Get the most from your website from www.superiority.com or www.dudemanlarry.com. Not kidding. Check him out. Okay, so what are we talking about this week? Well, you know, we were uh, we were discussing this at the meeting and having some text messaging back and forth this week, and we realized that one thing we haven't quite come up with this year is sort of the the next thing for the listeners, right? You know, we we've got we did the citizen cards a couple of years ago. We did the pilot proficiency program. And what is the 2016 thing? Now, I don't know if ultimately this will become the 2016 thing, but I think it's going to become a 2016 thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, this was originally motivated by a couple of the listeners who have uh, thankfully, and I, and I do mean that honestly, it's very appreciated, thankfully been vocal about uh, their thoughts on our general banter being on the more advanced side, right? You know, we spend a lot of time in the hobby. We're definitely addicts, you know, super hardcore. And so when we get on the show, we naturally gravitate towards talking topics that we're involved in or interested in. And those tend to be a little bit more advanced technically, maybe even using terms that people are like, I do not know what the hell that guy just said. It's a different language. So we figured what better way to kind of uh, get the new guys up to speed and maybe even get a little bit of input from the the old guys, the experienced listeners, uh, than doing a glossary or a <laughs> heli dictionary. Yeah. Yeah. And a, oh, yes. Not a, not like, mm, how, do, how do we put it? This is our version of yeah, it. Yeah. So, this is the urban dictionary of yes, RC hours, okay? <laughs> yeah. Not so, necessarily suitable for work. <laughs> and and not necessarily maybe the most technically uh 
explanatory version. I mean, you know, so like if we have P gain in there, it's going to be, these are short one to two sentence explanations. Yeah, this is not a, a wiki page. This yes, is, no, this if is you not listen a- to us regularly, you are eventually going to hear all of this stuff and this will give you a feel for what we're talking about. Yeah. And, and as I, as I sort of alluded to, we're going to see how this works out, right? And I've got a feeling it'll be it'll be uh, pretty useful to a lot of people. And when people find things useful, they end up wanting to contribute. So as you guys go through this and listen, you let us know if we're missing stuff and start providing feedback and contributing new terms. We're going to keep yeah. growing it. We're going to put it... Uh, I think we're, we're bouncing back and forth right now between whether it's a tech tip or a thread on our listeners corner in HF, or maybe it's both. Well, so I, what I think we're going to do, we're going to keep it as uh, the main spot is going to be on our website as a tech tip. Okay. And we're just going to call it whatever glossary of terms or something like that. But then what we're also going to do, and this is where we want, I mean, our goal for this whole year is just more interaction with you guys. The way that this Heli Freak thing has worked out is incredible. We couldn't be any happier um that, you know, that it's just it gives us an opportunity to interact and banter. Um so we're going to put a thread in there and I'll call and we'll we'll name it the same. And what we I request is that you guys kind of keep it, you know, keep the chit chat out of it, but just add to it so write down your definition or your your word that you want to add and then you know your version of a definition and then we're going to take and we will go ahead and take all of those and we'll add this to the glossary of terms so the goal is that as a whole entire community with it you know everyone's help on heli freak and us and everything that we can see and we hear as we travel um we're going to get this on there um, because there was a couple listeners that said, hey, as I'm listening to the show, I'm just I'm hearing these terms that I don't know. I just don't even have a clue. Like, you know, when you guys are, are talking about floaty, you know, they don't they just they don't even know what floaty means. OK, well. Go here. Go on the tech tip. Scroll down. Everything's going to be in alphabetical order. There you go. Floaty, there's an explanation. Oh, okay. All right. Now I got it. So we're trying to help all of our new listeners and the new people in the hobby get up to speed with the terminology so that they can learn. Because there's nothing harder than trying to learn when you don't even know what the words mean. You know, how can you even begin to explain something if you don't even know what they're or understand something if you don't even know what they're talking about at all? So that's that's kind of the goal. Yes, I love it. I, I'm, I think I'm it's really gonna be looking forward fun. to this and one. For the record, uh, should should we should we run down our list here just to give them some examples so that they can kind of see where and about what we're looking for? Because we don't, I mean, we, well, obviously we're going to have some of the technical stuff, but let's do some of the, uh, let's do some of the more funny ones. Yeah, we don't have to and give it, them all away that we have so far. Yeah, we don't have to give them all away, but just so people understand that feel free to have fun with <laughs> this. And I really want, I mean, I really encourage our international listeners 
You know, we have listeners in 110 countries. I want everyone in there writing because there are terms that I have never heard from the, you know, from UK and all across Europe and Asia. I mean, everywhere that we don't hear about, but that maybe listeners over there hear all the time. So Mm -hmm. help us out with those too. Let's see who wants to go first. Oh, let's see here. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this one off um okay. with a bang. And this is a- not this is not all that technical, but it's important if you listen to the show. <laughs> okay. This is an acronym. Okay. C A F. What do you think that stands <laughs> for? Just oh, I should have known. Jumping right in. Jumping it. right in. Sh- that yep. stands for cold as fuck. <laughs> Otherwise known as Nick's general reaction when temperatures drop below 60 degrees Fahrenheit. (laughs) All right. Well, I've got a technical one for you Mm -hmm. here. Asymmetrical blades. And this would be where the top of the blade is a different shape than the bottom of the blade. Most commonly used in scale flying and non-inverted applications for increased efficiency. Hmm. All right, I'll, I'll take it back to the, the not-so-technical. This is definitely something you would have uh, heard on the show. The Jackhammer Auto. Oh, yes. Oh, the geez. act of autoing your helicopter in such a fashion that when it lands, it bounces multiple times off the ground before coming oh, to a complete rest. Multiple times? <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> oh, jeez. Multiple oh, times. <laughs> oh. Okay, let's see here. Um... Oh, what? Oh, man, there's there's just, there are a I lot mean, we've already got on and on a list and on. of like over 60 of them just right off the bat, sat down for like 10 minutes and it's just coming out big time. Oh, here we go. Walk of shame. The lonesome walk that one was one must make out to the field in order to retrieve their crashed model. Yes. There you yes. go. Uh, <laughs> Who wrote up? Who wrote up Tick Tick? I did, dude. <laughs> tick Tick. Where's a really shitty TikTok, not orientation specific. <laughs> yeah, that that goes along with the uh, Piroflop. Oh yeah. Name yeah. given to, name given to the maneuver called a Piroflip when it is not performed correctly. Yes. Okay, oh, nice. what about uh oh. what about robotic? Oh, there you go. A way to describe the cyclic response and feel of a heli, typically found in a high, in higher gain settings with high initial response off center stick. There you go. <laughs> now that would be that would be countered with flowy. Ah, yes. The smooth cyclic feel reminiscent of a flybard model. The disc flows from maneuver to maneuver as if inertia is carrying it through. Very desirable characteristic for stirring maneuvers. See? Yes, That's sir. A great explanation. <laughs> I, I love the hot apple pie. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a mixture of Everclear and apple cider cooked together with pear juice and cinnamon sticks. Consumed at fun flies and typically sought out by listeners as something I need to try. That's right. <laughs> yep. You should put like uh, a we... disclaimer. May experience symptoms of. <laughs> <laughs> Not Up to and like including yourself. death. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not acting like yourself. Forgetting what you did the night before. 
Yeah, licking up with your head. face. Licking yeah. the air. Grabbing Dieter's ass. Table surfing. Yeah, table surfing. <laughs> table surfing behind Dan. St- stealing. <laughs> stealing handy. <laughs> Handicap man's riding scooter and wheeling and wheeling, uh, wheeling it while wiping it out over tables. A table. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we've Such got good uh, times. white fuel, the slang term for Coleman lantern fuel, commonly used in gasoline helicopters. There you go. How about belt mm-hmm. slap? This is the tail belt hitting the inside of the tail boom while flying. Sounds like a pop can rolling down a hill. A symptom of a loose belt. Ah, Very good. Feed forward. A direct action from a fly barless system due to your stick commands given to the servos before the control loop has had time to interpret the input data and make a calculated command. That one's technical. That one takes a while to understand, and you might have to read that one through, and we might even end up rewriting it, but it's there. I I think you got it (laughs) nailed. I think that's good. Oh, I like this. Fence post. The act of driving a helicopter helicopter deeply into the ground, tail boom first. Yeah. I, I was looking at stick bangers, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You have oh, no, a blade no, I, designed by Curtis Youngblood for his blade company, Radix, popular in fly bar days due to their increased cyclic response. I was just going to say someone with really shitty collective management. Yeah, yeah. That's you know what, collective management. That's one that we need to add to the list. I'm gonna write it oh, right now yes, so I do don't it, forget. Do it. See, that's the thing, guys. I mean, we're having fun with these. These are, you know, we're mixing. We're trying to mix in the technical terms and the fun. When building a new helicopter, it is a relief to know that I don't need to worry about what brand of servos I'm going to use. Now that I have hundreds of flights on multiple sets of BK servos, I have no problem running them on any heli and recommending them to anyone. For me, they bring everything to the table that I need in a set of servos. Strength, speed, cost, and of course, looks. With the sexy machined aluminum cases and affordable gear sets, I definitely know which servos are going on my next heli. Check them out at bkservo.com. I got another um, fun one. Okay. The shocker. The shocker. <laughs> the, okay, so where did this come from? Who? What pilot, Justin? Oh, no. You're not going to do that. Was, uh... Uh, this first play, first time I heard it. Jason Krause. Yeah, yeah you're right. It was Krause. It go. was Krause back in, I don't know, like 2010 or something at Snohomish. Yep. So the shocker is a maneuver uh, that you would perform putting the helicopter into a tail slide at a very high altitude with the intention of pulling out at the last minute, but instead admiring how perfectly zero pitch it is all the way into the ground. (laughs) 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 And have we seen a number of those over the years? They are spectacular. Oh, man. Uh, Never gets old. Yeah, we've got uh, skid bump. The act of driving the helicopter towards the ground in the upright position while at the last possible moment adding <laughs> positive pitch and gently bumping the skids on the ground. Yeah. 
Very nice. Oh, what other good ones do we got here? I mean, see, and we're we're really trying to mix them up. You know, we have uh, milliamp hours or MAH, abbreviation for milliamp hours, common method of measurement for the capacity of a battery. Yes. Yep. Ooh, I like this one. This is the one that a lot of people actually really do struggle with. Locked in. It's a very broad term describing when the helicopter is doing precisely what your input commands tell it to. Most commonly or talked about in larger maneuvers and the heli's ability to maintain heading and course. Yeah, what about J-Log? A telemetry system that can read various ESCs data and other external telemetry and acts as a data bus for transfer to your transmitter. I that's you know when I first wrote that I'm like oh this is this is a little too basic but I remember actually having gotten a couple of emails over the last probably year where people have asked hey I heard you mention this J log thing what is that yeah and and it's oh. a good example of like we use these terms and they're not slangs but you use them because you think everyone around you gets it and there are a lot of people out there that have no idea what you're talking about, especially the ones that don't have the luxury of flying with other pilots. That's, yeah, that's we, the big part yeah, that's of, true. of this. I just got an email uh, that I haven't replied to yet. The guy was like, I heard <laughs> you guys mention an e-fuel gauge. What is that? There's a great one right there. I haven't written oh, it up yet. Oh, that's, yeah, okay. If you're listening, it is a an aftermarket company out of Denmark? I think you're right, if, yeah. If memory serves me somewhere correct, over there, uh, mm-hmm. that makes a current sensor that is compatible with Futaba telemetry and, and the J log, correct? Or no? Uh, yeah, the J log, you can, I'm pretty sure you can use all sorts of different external third party sensors yeah, on, but it's a Futaba compatible third party, third party current sensor yep. and it works quite yep. well actually too. Um, yeah, and I don't even remember the website. It was a weird one. But if you do a search, if you're listening now, if you do a search for e-fuel gauge, uh, that'll pop up. Oh, man. Oh, here's one. Okay, and then, we'll, and then we'll move on. But this one was too good. Are you ready? Here's the word. Yes. <laughs> a lot of people nice. don't know where that came from, but you've heard it. Well, that was a phrase made popular by Pinion the Dog, used in reference to great appreciation for something. Usually nitro. Usually nitro, but, um, you know, it could be helping your friend out at the fun fly, you know, with the toilet paper when the outhouse runs (laughs) out. Being a (laughs) douchebag. That's right. That, by the way, oh, here, I wrote that. Do we have a douchebag in there, too? I did. I wrote a douchebag one. A derogatory name given to someone that does something harmful to the hobby, others, or his character. Usually prefaced with, quote, don't be A. Yes, (laughs) and I followed up with D-bag for short, and the description is (laughs) (laughs) C-douchebag. Yeah, guys, so please, uh, you know, this this is going to turn into, just like everything else, 
whatever you guys help us make it into. So we'll get that thread started on Heli Freak. Contribute. We'll get them all transferred over. And one thing that I really want to bring up again, and this kind of sparks, is that if you guys haven't gone over and checked out our mobile website, you really should. This has completely changed things for me personally even. I had, I mean, oh my gosh. I avoided, you know, because I'm out and about a lot. And I know Justin, all of us are big phone people. I mean, we are using our phones for so much more than just talking on the phone. When I would get a Facebook message or or whatever, I would actually avoid and, and not reference someone a link to something on our website because it was such a huge pain in the ass to do on a phone. So it was like, I'll do it when I get home, and then I'd get busy, and I never did it. Well, our mobile site is works so well now that if you have avoided using it or avoided going and seeing all these tech tips, when you're out at the field, now you can, and you can do it easily. Everything is fast. It, load fast, it, it loads fast. It works great. So that's where, you know, things like this are going to be so much more beneficial because you can easily get to them on any platform that you have. So just keep that in mind when you're out at the field and you're laughing with your buddies or you're like, hey, I saw this thing. You know, don't feel like, oh, yeah, I'll check it out when I get home. Flip it open on your phone. Take a look at it. When it comes to fly barless systems, there are so many on today's market, it can be very difficult to decide which one is right for you. You really have to look past the price and start focusing on other things like customer service, product support, and of course, features and flight capabilities. In my mind, the Spartan Vortex Fly Barless system ranks right near the top when it comes to these categories. Their product support and customer service is second to none. They are constantly updating their units to improve the flight performance and bring you more features. So when shopping for your next Fly Barless system, visit spartan-rc.com. What's next? All right. Well, I think this one was actually spawned from a listener question. Uh, I or, or, or was, was it? it? A, or, you know what? I think it was a, a main forum. I think you're I right. think it went digging in the main forum. I think, yeah, we were creeping the main forums, just kind of looking around, see what's new, and pop, this one comes up. <laughs> what do you do if a heli hot starts on the bench? Everyone has been there before. I mean, I, I'd be interested to see if there's a listener out there that's been in this for longer than a few months that hasn't had it happen. Maybe not maybe not with the blades on, but even you know, I would and this should go under the, the, the glossary, by the way. Um I, I would more generally define a hot start as uh a situation where the helicopter uh suddenly and unexpectedly spools up. To the point where you pee a little and it doesn't it doesn't say, make a dude. difference whether there are blades on it or not, because I've had it happen when the blades aren't on it and it still scares the crap out of me. Oh, man, I, I've got I've got underwear that look like they that look like they filmed like a Fast and the Furious in the bottom of them because of hot starts. Oh, before. dude, <laughs> Jesse, did he seriously just describe his skid marks? Like, yeah, what? Yeah, I got two words for you. Drift King. Oh. 
Yep. Oh, that is disgusting. All right. So there's a lot of different options, though, guys, when it comes to helicopters, hot starting on the bench. I mean, what are you guys talking about here? Electrics, nitros, 700, 450. I mean, this is oh, all yeah. going to play into it. And I've been there and done that with all <laughs> across the board. <laughs> Yeah, thank God for a good soft start. Well, Let me tell I you. think yeah, I think it it. I, I guess I would say the classical hot start had its origins in nitro, right? Yep, mm-hmm. yep. That's I fair. mean, my first hot start ever was a nitro hot start. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was uh, the first six months being in the hobby. Got my brand new shiny T Rex six hundred nitro, right? And mm-hmm. I was still flying at a planker club. And I was literally like the only helicopter there. <laughs> and they were already super skeptical. Like, this dude's going to do some crazy ninja freaking inverted shit <laughs> and knock all of our airplanes out of the sky. It was like black magic to them. <laughs> and so they were always looking for things to nail me for. And so I go out there. I set it down. And in perfect fashion, they note that I've just put the heli on the runway and they all land and back up into the pits. <laughs> and so uh, I, um, I, you know, I was doing some tuning. I was trying to learn the tuning thing. Uh, brought it up into a hover, listened to it, did a punch out, brought it back down. A little rich. Okay, going to tune the needle, go and tune it. And um, as I'm walking away, I'm I'm kind of backing away. I haven't. I'm still within the diameter of the rotor disc. Uh, I flip out a throttle hold because I'm going to get ready to go spool up. You know how you kind of you back away and you just slowly start spinning it up as you're getting into position. Yeah. And uh, well, I had forgotten to go back into normal mode, so I throttle holded out into idle up the heli hot started as you'd imagine um i jumped and defecated in one (laughs) swift (laughs) continuous motion and the blade actually smacked me in the leg which i think kind of added insult to injury because i knew what had happened the second i heard the motor go and then god that sound Oh, yeah, dude, like just balls <laughs> to the wall, yep. man. Wide oh, open throttle, God. but not in the RPM range. No, yet. not at all. So, you know, the, the blade hits my leg, that and it hit my shin. Like, it was pretty darn painful. So I'm kind of limping. I hit throttle hold again. I'm kind of shaking a little bit now because I'm like, oh, my God, did that just happen? I'm still in one piece. How many people are looking at me? And then I shut the thing down and went back to the pits. And it was like, let me tell you, dude, walk of shame. And it didn't even crash. Like, just just walking back and you could feel their eyes on you. <laughs> so that was my first experience with a hot start. It sucked. And what what's worse, as you guys know, is on a nitro, you hot start hard enough and you can smell clutch. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And then you got to clean the clutch dust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is like uh, really, really tricky to do and get it clean. 
So yep. <laughs> I think the big question and what we're getting to here is what do you do? And at what point, at what point when you hear it start to happen, can you deal with it? Or is there a point in which you just say, screw it, and you have to back away? And is that different for each model? Uh, hmm. I've never been in a situation personally where I say, screw it and back away. I think I've seen one or two of them. Uh, and it it usually, the ones that I've seen, have been a situation where it hot starts so fast on a loose bladed heli that the mm. blades fold and it eats itself. Okay. Gotcha. And then it's a nitro and you can have yourself a chicken dance and all, <laughs> if it's already beating itself up, it's a disaster. Um, but I, I think most of the time it's something where you should have the ability to to stop it. First and foremost is throttle hold, right? Grab your radio. Well, because I mean, let's face it, you might not even have your radio in your hand. You might have bumped it on the bench with it plugged in. Uh, well, yeah, and that that could yeah. be like with, with a nitro. You might not. You're not holding your radio while you're trying to start. So. Justin, your experience seemed like it was a little bit different because you it sounded like you were still an idle up, right? Yes. So for me, I had a hot start with the 700N, the Align, and it was while I was starting it. I mean, I was out of throttle hold in idle up, starting it up. And so one hand on the head, one hand, one on, hand, the hand head, on the starter. Yeah, I'm not holding oh, the radio at all. So you're like in the line of fire, dude. You're, you're right there holding the head, one hand on the starter. And the thing just takes off, so you're you're not even remotely, sometimes not even close to the radio. You know, it's two two feet yeah. away on the ground, sitting there. So yeah, that's a that's a really good point. At that point, and actually, now that I think about it, and I, I won't say his name, but at one of the fun flies this year, I think he like dropped or bumped his radio on his bench and his little heli. It was like a 360 or a 380 spooled up on the bench and like kind of jumped off the table yeah it happens oh yeah man. and i mean it's nothing to be ashamed oh of yeah, yeah i think everyone has had it happen mm-hmm. so let's okay uh i'll i'll pipe up now for nitro i i'm gonna say you can a a grown man <laughs> can absolutely if if you can catch it before it's spooling you absolutely can hold the head. I mean, you can. You can. We are strong enough to do that. But I think starting procedure helps a lot here. So the way that I start them, I actually put the tail boom against my leg. Yep. Or against mm-hmm. my arm or against, you know, if I'm starting it like up on a bench, I scoot the tail boom up over against my shoulder, or my bicep or whatever against my hip in the direction that it's going to spin. So that's counterclockwise. So I'm going to have it, if I'm sitting there and in the model's tail into me, I'm going to keep the boom on my left hip. So that if it does start, it's going to push against me and not spin all the way around and then whack me coming the other way. Yep. I always have one hand firmly on the head, right in the middle of the head block, and then my other hand in the starter. If it happens with a nitro, hold on tight. 
And my personal advice, first thing right off the bat that I have found, because I've done this a bunch of times, <laughs> pull a fuel line off. Yep. Yeah, that's a <laughs> really can, good point. And that's something you got to train yourself to do, dude. That's right. That is, I have seen people, because this happens, and this also can happen, don't just think hot start, think chicken dance. It crashed, it's out there running. It's the same sort of panic, I need to get it shot off quickly scenario. And I watched a guy do the old nitro trick of when it hot starts, you can put your thumb over the exhaust. And yes, you can shut it off. Yep, but it takes a lot longer. If it's wide open throttle, it takes a lot longer than it is if it's just hasn't reached RPM yet. Then you can, you know, but and don't do it many... if you don't have a rubber exhaust thingy. That's the other thing. <laughs> I've, so done I've that seen one. it. I've seen it in both situations yeah. where someone stuck their finger over it, burnt a circle in their thumb, and I've also seen it where they grabbed the. Was that you? No, it wasn't me. I've done oh, it before. Okay. I have done that. And I've, yeah. I've seen ones where they grabbed the black rubber thing, thinking that that was going to do it, and it popped off the end of the pipe. <laughs> so, Oh, that's, yeah, that's true. From any angle, you can grab a fuel line yep. and yank and pull. No one is ever going to be pissed. If you, if, if you are helping someone and you just reach up and pull, whatever comes off, whatever it breaks, big freaking deal. Sorry. I'm not the dumbass who hot started. Well, and so. you know the other thing is, dude, that you're you're right. I mean, you can stop a nitro. You can. I mean, I've seen it before. In fact, I think I've done it once. Let or me twice rephrase for- that. I want to make that clear, though. I don't want you to stop it. I want you to prevent it from spooling from starting. up. If you can prevent it oh, from spooling absolutely. up, you're okay. But I've but there seen is a situations big where people, I mean, let's let's face yeah. it. It's not a calm situation, right? You're no. freaking out. Everyone's, you know that people are watching you. Look at this idiot that doesn't know how to control his model. And so you don't always think straight. And I've seen people who it's happened to for the first time and people are yelling at him, pull the fuel line, pull the fuel line. And they're frozen. And the way they're frozen is exactly like you described with the tail boom up against their leg. And they got a freaking death grip on that head and they are eating the shit out of that clutch. But it's not moving. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you can do that. I don't think you can do that with an electric. So speaking of eating the clutch up, so on that hot start that I was talking about, that's exactly what I did. Is I, you know, I had the tail boom, grabbed the head, as quick as I could get the fuel line pulled. It was it was not quick enough because I still ate all the liner out of the clutch and ruined the clutch. It oversprung the shoes, and, and it would no longer fit in there with the new liner. So. You you can do it, but yes, you will probably be replacing parts. You're gonna pay. I mean, you are going to pay yep. something, but at least it's not your safety exactly, or a hospital bill, yep. or someone else's hospital bill, or a full chicken dance. Yep. So, yep. yeah. Hey guys, I'm gonna let you finish. I gotta run to the airport, pick up my family coming back from Hawaii in the wee hours of the night. So you mm. guys wrap it up. To all the listeners, thank you for listening, and I will catch you guys next week. Sweet, dude. Later, Take dude. it easy, man.
With all the different retailers out there, it can be hard to decide where you want to spend your heli money. Ken over at Lower Heli helps make that decision a little easier for you though. With amazing prices every day, great customer service, and fast shipping, you don't have to worry about bouncing around anymore. Go visit Ken at www.lowerheli.com and fill that shopping cart with the confidence that you're getting the best prices backed by amazing support. Head on over to www.lowerheli.com and fly lower. Ah, run into the airport. Yeah, sounds like an excuse to me. That's okay. Mm. That is okay. We will <laughs> we will continue along these lines. Well, yeah, we still we still got a whole other category of helicopter to talk about the electrics. Yeah, and and so I was kind of alluding to that, Jesse, and the fact that, like we said, you know, you can grab a nitro and yeah, you stop can it. Manhandle a nitro on an electric. I I'm not thinking I'm going to win. Uh, I think I'm going to lose an appendage. I I would agree with you, although I have not seen it done where someone tries to just latch on and completely lock up the head to where it strips out the main gear or something. Okay, so have you ever had a hot start on an electric with the blades on? I have. On the bench and or... It was, it, I'm trying to remember, and I can't recall any specific situation. I just remember something on the bench um, where I did get throttle hold. I don't remember which heli. But it was one of those where it was kind of a oh crap in the one you know where the transmitter's right there, right next to you, either in your hand or right there on the bench, and you can get throttle hold quickly. Yep, um, still smacks into the wall or smack you know smacks into something, but you can get it under control before anything gets really out of hand. Um, but yeah, I have not had any major hot start where you know oh the transmitter's a couple feet away or you know. All the way across the bench, the heli spooling up. What am I going to do? I haven't really crossed that bridge as far as you know on the bench or hot starting an electric. Well, I'll tell you, I'll share with you my my situation, and I know I've talked to a lot of people who have had this before. Um, I I think it's a little bit more rare for electrics, and the main reason is that yeah, you can hot start it, but by now most of the technology, if not all of it, has a built in soft start. Yep, right, and, and a even pretty the, good one. Even the hardest of soft starts is enough to get you thinking, oh, shit, it's coming up quick. I need to shut it down, right? Yep. Uh, Now, back when that was not so much the case, um, in particular, well, it's not not that the soft start wasn't the case, but it was back when auto bailouts were new, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Not all the ESCs had auto bailouts. You got to do the whole calibration thing and check it out. Or, for example, I can remember a situation where it was setting up a friend's uh, auto bailout on. I think it was a V bar at the time through the through the fly barless system. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you get it set up, you slow spool it up at first. Right. And the blades aren't on the heli on the bench. It's spooled up. Yeah, okay, RPM's good, all that great stuff. Um, And then you throttle hold. Well, what's the bailout supposed to do? It's a fast spool up. That's the whole point behind it. All right? Well, not the finest hour for me or the individuals involved, but, hey, guess what? We spooled it up with tail blades on. When you spool it up with tail blades on, I mean, uh, first of all, I am in no way advocating that you do this. 
Yeah. Uh, and I don't do it anymore, but I, I had done it in the past before, you know, been lazy or just forgot stupid, plain and simple, just stupid. Um, and so when you do the slow spool up, you know, the, the tail, the gyro isn't doing much. The heli's not moving. You're, if you're doing it right, you're holding it down by the skids. So it can't jump away from you. Okay. You get it up to speed, you throttle hold. And then when you flip back out, it spools up a lot quicker. Well, just like in the air, when you go from no torque to full torque, the tail's going to respond. A kick. And it kicks. That is scary as hell. Yep. Um, I had a buddy shred his brand new rail tail, tail blades um, and part of his workbench and tools because it kicked and ripped the shit out of everything on his bench eventually got bound up in i want to say it was a wire from like a multimeter bad news man Mm. yeah and it happens quick is the problem it it absolutely does and so you know nowadays if i am doing bailout testing i always and only do it at the field with the heli set down as if I was going to fly it. I'm not messing with it on the bench anymore. If I do mess with it on the bench, then I'll take the blades off. But usually I don't feel compelled to do that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, in terms of preventing electric spool ups on the bench, what is it that we can do other than taking the blades off? You know, you got to have throttle hold. Are there any other features that you use? Well, one thing I used to use was <laughs> just using a receiver pack. That's a pretty okay. fail safe. That's um, a good definitely point. Definitely a lot more comfortable on the bench, especially, you know, when you're doing a completely new helicopter, completely new electronics setup. I got to say, even though it's old school, there is something comforting in knowing that, you know what, there's not even power to the motor speed controller. There's no possible way that it could start up. Um so even even in a heli where you don't like you you're you're using a BEC, do you you have an open port on your fly barless system or you got like a little uh, um, adapter that you can plug in easily so that you can still use the receiver pack for setup? Yeah. Yep. You can still, you know, you can still use that receiver pack when you're doing your first initial setup. Um, and that, yeah, that's something that I I really like to do. Um. Now, moving past the receiver pack and, you know, getting into, let's assume that you are using a built-in BEC or a speed controller that has a built-in BEC where you do have both of the leads connected. So everything is powered on. There is power to your speed controller and obviously power to your servos and electronics. Um, obviously, throttle hold is a big one. And then one cool thing that the V-Control has is it actually has a complete motor off switch as well in addition to throttle hold so even if you were to bump the throttle hold switch you have a secondary switch that is also sending you know no throttle to the speed controller yeah that's that's a really good point jetty has the same thing i believe that futaba or at least the higher end futabas Mm -hmm. have the same thing yep um you know, a, a, a thing that I I do on the jetty to further enhance the safety is that in addition to the throttle hold, I've got a, a detented switch yep. 
Uh, and so like a regular, unlike a regular switch where you can just flip back and forth, you accidentally bump it and you're out of throttle hold, right? Or into idle up this thing. Actually, you have to pull up on a sort of like a metal casing on the outside of the switch to release the spring loaded detent and switch it into the other position. And so you cannot bump it. You could throw the radio across the room and the switch will literally come off the radio, like break off the radio before it actually comes undone. Oh, okay. Uh, so, and I, and I have heard of other people being able to use a similar switch on other radios. Now, mm-hmm. it's not in the Jetty. They, they offer it as an upgrade option, but you can get detented switches all over the place. Yep. So as long as you get something that's compatible with your electronics, you can probably yep, do yep. sort of a DIY style and do it that way. I got to tell you, man, that is the way to go. Yeah, it, it sounds gives like me it. peace of mind. Yep. But if you don't have the ability to do that on the radio, you got to go to the old standbys, right? Yep. One could be backing the motor pinion away from the main gear. Yep. That's key. You could disconnect the motor leads altogether, right? Yep, that's another really good one. And really quick, too. You know, that's a simple one to do. Absolutely. In in most cases, I think that's easier than back in the... Because maybe you already have the mesh set exactly how you want it. That's why I always hate that. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like... I'll complain a little bit about the motor wire as well, dude, because I shrink wrap my motor motor lead. So it's like, oh, man, look at how pretty that is. Now I got to cut it open. Yep. Um, but you brought up a, a, a thought that that goes along with the receiver pack, and that is if you if you don't have receiver packs or you don't want to use receiver packs, but you're running an external BEC, right? Yep. Then the best way to do it is to run that BEC off of off of only one side, the lower voltage side of yep. your uh, Y harness on Assuming the Assuming a 12s or a Dual pack set. Yeah, dual pack. 10S, 12S, 14S, whatever it is. Yep. And then when you plug that that first pack in, you're given voltage to the BEC. Everything powers up, but mm-hmm. there's no way you can arm the ESC. Yep, that's exactly how I used to do it when I was running an external BEC. Which, that's essentially the same level of safety as run, you know using the receiver pack. There's still no power to the ESC. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think there are a number of different variations out there. I I will say, and maybe this is just a perception, as always, listeners speak up if you've had recent experiences. The electrics nowadays, I, I think the technology has made it such that it's almost foolproof and you're not going to be able to truly hot start like you would on a nitro, except for. Uh, if you have the thr- uh, the uh, throttle hold calibration situation that I was discussing, or if you uh, accidentally bump the throttle hold when it's sitting on the bench or something, but again, soft start spool up and and you know you can various ESCs will allow you to change the amount of time you soft spool up. That generally is gonna isn't gonna do much more than scare the crap out of you and maybe knock the heli over but as long as the radio is within reaching distance you should be able to minimize the the damage to the hardware and the safety issues yep 
What about, it, it, uh, you know, just thinking a little bit outside the box? I don't think gassers really bring anything different to the table. Pretty much all the same stuff as nitros, except mm-hmm. now when it hot starts, it smells like crap in your pants and hot dogs. And hot dogs. Yeah. Right. Or a lawnmower, depending, yeah, yeah. depending on what fuel you're using. Good point. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't think of any other major items on this topic. Yeah, I, was, I mean, all I can say is if it hasn't happened to you yet, it's definitely something you want to be prepared for. Just because at some point in time, if you stay in this hobby, it will happen. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, taking a step back from the specific topic and just looking at it from a standpoint of, you know, what, what can this discussion teach you? Mm-hmm. You, you got to remember, guys, these things aren't toys. I mean, we've said it a lot before, and we'll say it a lot again. The second you you stop respecting them or you get complacent, you're going to make a mistake. And hopefully it's not a costly mistake. But over the years, we've heard lots of situations where uh, us or our friends or just fellow members of the community have made mistakes and it's it's a bad situation every time regardless of what the final outcome is so if if anything take away from this the fact that you want to take stock in your setup in your fleet in your configuration on the radios you know make sure you got your throttle hold set up make sure you got fail safes set up make sure you've got a cadence or a a rhythm to Checking your receiver packs or checking your flight packs. Make sure you got backup guards, Jesse. Yes. Right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. All of that sort of stuff so that we can continue to enjoy the hobby (laughs) in safety. Exactly. All right. Uh, Let's see here. I think that's it for show topics. A couple of things that I do want to hit on here. As Nick already mentioned, next episode 223, we are going to listen to his review of the three digi fly barless system. Uh, Of course, brought to you by Danny Melnick at over at Demon Arrow, who's actually played a very significant role in development of the system. That's it's actually been quite exciting listening to to Danny's uh, experience walking through that process. Uh, we still do have some apparel left at the store. Uh, so you can go to the new website with the new and improved, uh, purchasing system and reach out to Mr. Ken Salloway, who will no doubt get your hat or t-shirt or hoodie in the mail within 24 to 48 hours of the order, if not much sooner. Mm Mm-hmm. Facebook is continuing to move along. We're well above 4,800 right now. We've been getting Getting a lot of really good, uh, good interaction, good engagement from the listeners recently, which we love. So, you know, keep the input coming. And even if you're not responding to one of our posts, uh, feel free to share something or send us a private message on Facebook. Yep. And let's see events. Last week, we announced RCHN 4, September 15th through the 18th. So that's Thursday through Sunday this year. It's going to be down in uh, Oregon, just south of Portland, between 
Salem and McMinnville in a town called Dayton at Ediger Farms. Now, I've had a number of people ask uh, so far, is it in the exact same field? Well, so if if you know about farming, which I don't know a lot about, but I've learned recently, they do a lot of rotation of the crops, right? And yep. so what was a good set of fields and conducive for us flying last year may not be this year. Now, that said, we've talked to them and they're going to do their best to get those fields back for us. But even if they're not the exact same fields, these guys have tons of property and yeah. we will have a similar uh, amount of flying space wherever we end up being. And, you know, nice. their fields are all within a half a mile of that one location. Yep, it's all going to be right. There. You'll see it from, you know, if you get to that general area, you'll find it. Absolutely. Yep. So uh, 15th through the 18th, four-day fun fly. Uh, we've already got a lot of planning going on on that. Uh, Michael, you are the freaking man. And all of the other listeners who have uh, jumped in to show their support on your thread on the listener's corner. Uh, you know what I'm talking about uh, surrounding the request to get some delegated tasks out to these guys so that they can help us. Uh, sort of unload a little bit and uh, enjoy the fun fly a bit more. I think that's that was freaking awesome. There's yep. no shortage of stuff to do as we get closer. We will keep you posted if we feel like we can hand something off. So yep. thank you for the offer. I think that's about I, it, dude. You you got anything else? Yeah, you I got say? One, one more thing. I'm just going to note that next Tuesday we'll be sending out the newsletter. And you guys might notice, I, I'm not sure if it's going to be a change or not, but we'll be using a different newsletter service um, starting this month. So switching away from the previous service that we were using. So I don't know if it, it'll look a slightly different, the newsletter will, but overall the functionality, the content, everything should be about the same. So if you guys get um, a random email this weekend as we're uh, transferring everything over to the new service, it just says... Hey, reminder, you're part of this mailing list. Um, don't worry, we're switching stuff over early next week, and the new newsletter should be sent out uh, next Tuesday. So be on the lookout for that. And if you do not subscribe to the newsletter, be sure to check it out. There's plenty of links all over the website on how you can get signed up so you can see that uh, monthly newsletter, which, got to say, sometimes there's some pretty cool stuff on there. So maybe some... Uh, exclusive giveaways and you know you never know what you'll find so. yeah jesse's always sneaking some shit in there that we don't know about until after it's out and it's like oh check that out so yeah definitely get with the newsletter it's it's really cool and i'll tell you, you know it, what i like it for jesse because it's always so crazy around here you know how you do the thing where you describe each like sort of top level what what are all the episodes from that yep. month Yep, just a snapshot. And I can go back and be like, what episode was it where we talked about this? Well, yeah, we've got the website, but we've also got the newsletter. And it's right there. Quick, succinct, all on one page. Yep. Easy. Yep, yep. And if you guys have any, I mean, you know, this thing's constantly changing. And now that we're getting the new service, I'm going to see if there, you know, if there's any new features or anything new available to us. If you guys got any suggestions at all, feel free to send me an email and. I'm always looking to uh, improve upon the newsletter just to make it more useful for the listeners. Awesome. Well, 
how about uh, if someone wanted to send you an email about that, how would they do that? They could catch me at jesse at rchellionation.com, and I'm also available on Facebook. Sweet. If you wanted to get a hold of Nick, you could send him an email at nick at rchellionation.com or catch him on Facebook or the forums. If you wanted to talk to Dan, the Danimal, you can get him at dan at rchellionation.com or Dank Reed on the forums and Facebook. If you wanted to talk to Ken about store stuff or just thank him for being awesome, you could catch him at Ken at rchellionation.com. Any uh, recorded questions, which we need more of, guys, so, you know, get them going. Send those to questions at rchellionation.com. And if you wanted to get in touch with me, you could send me an email to justin at rchellionation.com or catch me on Facebook or the forums as Justin Pucci. All right. This has been episode number 222. We hope you all enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. And we will talk to you next week. Later, guys. See you later. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by Soko Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, BK Servos, Spartan Flybarless Systems, and Superiority. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. I'm fucking recording. Damn it. I am recording. I'm five seconds in now. Uh, Here we go. My My life story. Five seconds in, and I'm done. Five seconds in, and out. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what nick you rock what, what you got buddy hey you, you know do, what do I what you got to do you know? did you have fun then it's that's all that right. fucking counts that's right <laughs> all right you better make it good all right uh let's see what is this this Guess. is uh <laughs> episode 222 right mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. i'm gonna take a drink Sounded like a water bomb. <laughs> that that yeah. one actually did. That was Jesse, wasn't it? <laughs> no, that no. was me. All right, all right, here we go. What? Start coughing. <laughs> Dude, don't. <laughs> Come on. Uh, <laughs> fucker. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on. Stop, stop. Let's do it. We're going to do this. Here we go.